Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, ATB will be headed your way in a matter of moments, but I wanted to take a moment as we were recording this week's episode. The news unfortunately broke that the sports entertainment industry has lost yet another giant in the Iron Sheik, uh, one of the greatest villains in the history of our industry, a man who lived an incredible life. There's plenty of documentation about what he has gone through in his life, the journey to becoming a megastar in WWE, and of course, the man who ultimately was defeated that spawned the phenomenon known as Hulkamania, which leads to the question, without the Iron Sheik, what does this industry even look like? He was a pioneer. He was beloved. He was highly entertaining, even in his later years, Who, when Sheik became known as much for his social media game as for his contributions inside of the ring. But uh, this loss will be felt for years to come. A man who left an indelible imprint on our industry and uh, he will be sadly missed. So to borrow a phrase from the great Iron Sheik himself, rest in peace, Bubba. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and you can keep your hot girl or hot boy summer because here in the world of WWE, it is money in the bank season. The life-changing opportunity is right around the corner. But before we get to the O2 in London, we've got a lot to chat about here on ATB. Of course, as he does every week, joining me, KP, Kevin Patrick. How you feeling today, man? I'm good, mate. How's your London accent these days, eh? I sounded Australian there. That was horrible. And you're like a neighbor of, of the British. I mean, you should be ashamed yeah. of yourself. You're, this is a really terrible start. <laughs> From Monday night, when, when you revealed yourself unabashedly to be the president of the Becky oh, Lynch fan club. Listen, I get that you Irish have to stick together, but come on, I feel outnumbered at this point outnumbered says you thank you trish i mean i'm just sticking up for becky listen becky and i grew up what, five minutes down the road from each other we passed every morning on the bus going to school fun fact for you because ireland's a small country becky lynch went to the same school as bono i think it's pretty cool that is quite an interesting little tidbit yeah. i was unaware of that look that's why we keep you around kp you're always good for a nice little bit of a little bit of useless trivia, knowledge as long as it's <laughs> regarding ireland See, if hey, I were St. Patrick, I would have kept the snakes and driven out the Irish, you know? Classic gravy. Hey, what a show on Monday. What a show on Monday. I, well, that's what we're talking about, Monday, when you, you're, you're, your girl, the man, Becky Lynch, qualified for the women's money in the bank match. Of course, we've got Zoe Stark, who also mm. uh, accomplished the feat of qualifying for the women's money in the bank ladder match. She will be joining us here in just a little bit. But I agree with you, KP. You and I, we left the show, as we always do, on Monday night around 11 15 Eastern. Uh, we got back to the hotel and we had to sit down at the, uh, at the bar and, and have a few pints and discuss the madness that was because it was a really fun, fun Monday night rock. You know, we made it back to the hotel just about because you told me on the way back in the car, you're like, you're a shocking driver, KP. What, what, what is it about my driving exactly? Before I, I we wasn't going to sell you show? down the river, <laughs> but since you, you brought that up, I let me first say that I appreciate the fact that you are a willing wheel man. It's it's what has bonded me to most of my closest friends in this business, all the way back to Vic Joseph, incredible wheel man, KP, wheel man. <laughs> Can I just to say 
at the risk of embarrassing my my partner, uh, which Go has never it. really given me much pause in the past. Yeah. The question you asked me, I think it was three weeks ago, was the single scariest question I've ever been asked while riding in a motorized vehicle. Go on. When you looked at me and said, Gravy, what does N mean? (laughs) N, as in the standard letter that is on the drive of every vehicle that I've ever been in, in an automatic shift, it's neutral. Kevin Patrick, it means the engine's running, but the gas is not engaged. So if you step on the gas pedal, you're not going to go anywhere, but the engine continues to run. The fact that you have made it 37 years on this planet and not known what neutral meant gave me a little bit of concern. Not to mention mention (laughs) your penchant for just making your own roads. You are the king of the illegal U-turn. Yeah, and I appreciate point. that. I like I like your brazen disregard for the rules. You're a bit more of a rebel than people may realize. Do they not have traffic laws in Ireland, KP? Here's the thing, though, Gravy. The other night after the show, I'm looking around, going, "Why is every car looking at us?" And I'm thinking, "Well, big time, Charlie Corey Graves is in the car, but it wasn't the case. I didn't have my bloody lights on." <laughs> Two Muppets after calling Rod getting in a car without the lights on. I'm just as guilty because I was in the car with you a solid 10 minutes before I realized it wasn't until we were about to get on the highway that I went, I can't see the exit. Oh my God. Thank God we were alive. Someone was looking after us. Uh, and, And you know what? I'd like to thank the WWE universe for keeping us safe because as they filed out of the arena, that's why we could only go about five to seven miles per hour as we navigated traffic to get out of out of the the madness that was but uh we survived we that's we why made they were it. waving we, at us they hadn't got a scooby-doo who we were they were waving right. at us they trying to tell us to turn it was on our lights Corey graves and kevin patrick they look at these two <laughs> maniacs trying to get themselves killed oh but alas we have survived we are here and, and dude there's so much to get to we could take it back to friday night smackdown i don't want to gloss over the magic that we all witnessed regarding the bloodline it pains me inside to be witnessing what I think we all believe to be the the least impending implosion of the bloodline. But again, a- after all the, the things that went down inside the ring, Solo spiking his own brother, Jey Uso being forced to, to make a choice, Solo having to make a choice. But as Roman, before he disappeared into the backstage area, confidently declared, Jay will do what Jay always does. He'll fall in line. It, you know, Ryan Satin from the Out of Character podcast had a tweet and it was, it, it simply said, this is cinema. And it was a meme or an image of the Godfather. And when, when Michael, you know, gives the kiss of death to, to mm-hmm. Fredo, right? And it was that moment. I mean, when I thought, when Roman's going in for the hug, I'm like, there's no way. Roman's shown vulnerability. Roman's going to fall in line, so to speak, with Jimmy Uso and, and accept his family for, for who they are. Oh, how foolish was I? I mean, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And week in, week out, this storyline continues to stun me. I completely agree with you. And it's for that very reason that I am afraid to speculate too deeply because there have been so many twists and turns and surprises as pertains to the bloodline since its inception that to use the old Roddy Piper adage, just when you think you've got the answers, they change the questions. Right now, as we stand, as we record this, nobody would be shocked to see Jay side with Jimmy and maybe try to take down the tribal chief or maybe, maybe Jimmy and Jay are in cahoots with Solo. 
Maybe Roman's the only man on the island. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. And I don't want to know because I'm enjoying watching it play out. Right now, I am having more fun where we sit on Monday Night Raw than I've had in some time. Uh, and I, I say that as pertains to Friday Night SmackDown as well. It's fun to be a fan right now of WWE. And I feel like we're getting that energy back from the live audiences. Yeah. We could take it all the way back to Cardiff last summer and the electricity. And it's almost like that was where it was ignited. The ignition was in Cardiff when the entire WWE universe was watching clash at the castle and everybody was behind the sentimental favorite drew McIntyre. And everyone was sort of okay. If drew had been the guy who knocked off Roman, everyone would have been all right and happy with that because it had built to such a crescendo. That was the time, but Roman just continues to dominate and get hotter and get better and create more controversy and has the world buzzing, but it's the atmosphere. And we talked at great length about Puerto Rico for backlash, not to mention WrestleMania. I mean, this, like I said, almost a full blown year as a guy who sits ringside for the duration of every three hour Monday night, raw, every premium live event. It is a tangible difference in the WWE universe, the energy that they bring. And I was thinking, I was scrolling through Twitter as I often do on Monday night. And I saw a tweet from our good friend, Sam Roberts. And he had the observation and Sam's big thing for years is as much as you may know about the quote unquote inner workings of the business, which in this day and age, especially in the online community is, is where people focus their energy. It's less about the outcome of the match or who's the champion. And people are so caught up in numbers and, and, seat arrangements and selling tickets for this and that, which is fine, right? It's, it's, I think we've actually, we're behind the curve as far as other sports, but if that's what you're into, great. But those who choose to consume our product and our content from a fan's perspective, where you may not think about WWE all day long, you may not think about it until you get to the arena or, or whatever, but then you're just in it. It's become very, I use the term symbiotic uh, in relation to Seth Rollins and his relationship on Monday night with the WWE universe. Yes, it's fun to sing, but it's as though he feeds off of it. And we tell that story a lot historically about how certain superstars have these ironclad connections with the fans. Uh, Bobby Lashley comes to mind for a while when Bobby got really red hot. People were just excited to see Bobby do whatever he did. And Rollins is in that wheelhouse right now. Cody Rhodes, I mean, again, all the way back to WrestleMania, the, the connection he has forged, the interaction of the WWE universe and our fans, it, it's, it is so strong right now that it is genuinely fun and you can feel it. And the superstars in the ring feel it. The people in the back that make certain decisions are paying attention to who the crowd likes, who the crowd responds to, who the crowd reacts to. It feels as though everything in the wake of WrestleMania has really gotten the, the fresh coat of paint, so to speak. Well, I'll say this gravy. When I joined the company back in March of 2021, there were a few things that were sticking, right? Roman's like six months, seven, eight months into his title reign as champion as and Bobby Lashley with MVP by his side was, was roaring in and out of each show. Like the, the you know, it was, it was incredible what they were doing it didn't really feel like anything was sticking long-term as a storyline. Whereas now, man, it's just so much fun. And you're talking about the guys that are, that are getting the cheers from the crowd. What about Dominic Mysterio? 
What about right. what Dahmer's doing week in and week out in the Judgment Day and their evolution over time? What Trish Stratus is doing now with our, our guests here shortly, Zoe Stark. Trish has been phenomenal since returning the Hall of Famer. It's just, is it, is it just me or are the good guys being cheered and the bad guys being booed right now? You, you took the words out of my mouth. That was that was the content of the, the tweet that I was referencing from Sam Roberts. And Sam's thing has always been, it's fun to just be a fan. It's fun to, to boo the bad guys and cheer the good guys. And it seems as though organically, that's where we're at right now. To your point, Dominic Mysterio, that guy is red hot right now. Arguably the most despised villain in the game. When's the last time Dom really had a match? When's the last time Dom got a full sentence out? And and it's just, it's fun. You just enjoy this right now. And to that point, you and I had a conversation after, after Raw, how Ms. TV with special guest Cody Rhodes, here comes Dominic, Rhea, you've got several of the hottest acts in the business. And that was one of the more lighthearted segments on Monday Night Raw. That was the entertainment segment. And it's crazy to think that Cody, who just headlined WrestleMania, Rhea, who's redefining the genre, and Dominic, who everyone on earth wants to punch in the face, not to mention Miz, who's been that guy for the last decade, they're all in the ring. And it was the the one chance for everybody to kind of catch their breath and go, okay, this is fun. This is entertaining because the rest of the night was populated with bangers, KP. Yes. And I'm not talking like for Monday Night Raw standards. No. I'm talking two of the best WWE matches I've seen all year. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to start at the top. The first one we witnessed, the impromptu bout between Kevin Owens and Gunther. It's no secret how I feel about Gunther. How we, you and I, feel about Imperium. We had Sami Zayn on the show last week. And if you didn't get to check that out, pause this episode. Go back and listen to it. I, it was one of my favorite conversations we've had in recent memory here on After the Bell. Sami really revealing a lot of, of his inner thoughts and, and feelings over the last year. Uh, so go check that out if for some reason you missed it. But Kevin Owens and Gunther. No, no title on the line. Just two of the best in the game went out and tore the freaking roof off of the arena in Hartford. Could we expect anything less from those two? We, I mean, as soon as we got word that this may be made official, holy crap, man. We were, I was buzzing ear to ear at the thought of it. And those chops, when you hear those ringside, and you said it perfectly, you said that's not, that's not hitting skin. That's hitting his, that's going through the t-shirt. Right. I mean, that's, they're loud, man. I mean, I mean, think about it. If you're listening to this right now, if you smack yourself with your hand on your chest with you have a T-shirt on, it significantly reduces the sound. If you do it bare-chested, it's going to sound loud. I mean, it's like, a, like flesh on flesh. That makes a very distinctive sound, especially when it's Gunther swinging those battle axes. But they create almost the exact same sound of the same magnitude through a, a piece of fabric. I felt bad for Kevin Owens. I felt bad for KO, who lives to get his ass kicked. Let's Correct. be honest. Kevin Owens takes an ass it. kicking second to none. It's one of the reasons people believe in him. Kevin Owens is a tough SOB. <laughs> and everything Kevin could take, Gunther was all too happy to give him more. The arena was rocking. And I hope they run it back. And I don't care what the iteration is. I, I'm excited to see more of Kevin and Sammy versus Giovanni and Ludwig. If that comes down the pike, it seems like that's the way we're going. I want to see Sammy and Gunther. Hell, I want to see Gunther versus everybody, okay? Because for my money, 
I, I made a tweet a few months back as far as a complete performer. Jey Uso still stealing the show from where I sit. And again, that's with all due respect to the Tribal Chief, all due respect to Seth Freakin' Rollins, who are the kingpins of their respective brands. Yeah. I'm just saying for what I enjoy about this business. But Gunther, man, Gunther is a guy who is, is transcendent right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, I talk about my dad on here quite often, and my dad is the reason that I became a WWE fan to begin with. My dad still keeps his eye on things. And nobody's captivated his imagination quite like Gunther has. Really? Because Gunther just has that aura about him that believability where you think okay these guys are professionals they know what they're doing gunther's trying to hurt people yeah gunther has a very similar aura from my perspective to brock lesnar and i know oh, that's wow. that's Didn't one of those that dream matches the, the internet's salivating for and hopefully someday we get it but you know how we, we spoke a few weeks ago about when brock attacked cody at ringside in front of us how it just stood out as different. It felt a little different. The rest of the show is fantastic, but something about what Brock does just feels a little more dangerous than everybody else. Yeah. And dare I say, Gunther possesses a similar aura. Just the stoicism, the mm -hmm. fact that he wanted to teach Kevin Owens respect and he was going to beat it into him or beat it out of him one way or another. It just felt extremely real. Yeah, there, there seems to be a reason, though. Like, Brock could go off the rails and do whatever Brock wants, right? With Gunther, if you don't fall in line, if you don't comply with, and fall in line is not the right words given what we're talking about with the bloodline, but if you don't comply with what Gunther stands for, I mean, he will inflict an awful lot of pain, as we saw him do to Ludwig Kaiser in the past before, because Kaiser couldn't get the job done. I'm with you, man, every single step of the way. Before we get to the main event, I want to give some love to the Becky Lynch Sonya Deville match. Oh, Sonya, shocker. No, shocker. Sonya Deville. Kevin, o, Sonya Deville. Kevin Patrick wants to talk about Becky Lynch. I want to talk about Sonya Deville. I'm going to text because Seth. What, I'm, what, I'm so concerned. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm going to text Rose right happily now. happily married man. Sonya Deville was outstanding in that match. And we hadn't seen Sonya Deville in one-on-one -on -one action for quite some time. And we've, I, we've, I've waxed lyrical about what Chelsea Green has done since mm -hmm. arriving on Monday Night Raw. And you, you've talked before about taking opportunities. Chelsea has grabbed her opportunity. Zoe Stark, our guest coming up here shortly, has grabbed that opportunity in those limited minutes and made the most out of them. But I thought Sonya was, was excellent in that match. And I thought that match really delivered. And from our standpoint, the story of Becky and, the, and being outnumbered constantly and then Trish emerging with Zoe, it was just a really fun match to call. Pause for one second and think about what you just said. You referenced Roman Reigns. We're talking about Gunther. You're talking about Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. There's a common thread here. And I'm probably going to get a, a gnarly email from somebody about this. But you and I were in a meeting, as we often are, on Mondays. And it was raised to all of us that the insane numbers being done right now not to mention and, and not to get too into the weeds here i hate to i'm not that guy that's not what we do here on atb but friday night smackdown did ridiculous viewership numbers yeah we talked about it on monday night raw that socially speaking that bloodline clip is i think the best performing clip that wwe's put out in in the last several years maybe gravy well over 40 million views of what happened with jimmy uso and Roman. in three days yeah not 40 million cumulatively. It's not, it hasn't been available for a year. In three days, it was viewed over 40 million times. And it goes back to change in theory. People like to watch this business for their own reasons. Everyone has their own flavor of ice cream. If you like moves, 
You've got Ricochet and Nakamura who were tearing it up until Bronson Reed showed up. But it's emotion and it's character. It is character. You know who Roman Reigns is. You know who Jimmy Uso is. You know who Jay Uso is. You know why they're different. You know why they're they're, they're twins and, and what they've been through and it's all family, but everybody is individually very, very definable. Chelsea Green. I had a conversation with Chelsea personally when she first came to, to Monday Night Raw, and I said, I'm really enjoying what you're doing yeah. because she stands out because of her character. Mm-hmm. Is she a capable athlete in the ring? Absolutely. It's a, it's a prerequisite to being a WWE superstar. Everybody can wrestle, but it's what makes you connect with the fans, and that, I believe, is part of why the WWE Universe has been reacting as strongly and passionately as they have been. The trend started way back when, as Roman's been defined for years now. Drew McIntyre, you knew the Scottish Warrior and what you cared about. If that was the flashpoint for all this, a lot of the superstars are following suit. And you're finding out who they are, what makes them tick. Cody Rhodes is not known for his outrageous maneuvers in the ring. You care about Cody the man. Exactly. You hate Dominic Mysterio because you know he's bullshit. Right. I'll say it. I have fun with it on Monday Night Raw because it's enjoyable. I get to make jokes and laugh and everybody understands the absurdity of the situation. But you go, this little punk betrayed his Hall of Fame father, who we've had on this show and talked about what an amazing dad and family man he is. Everybody's met that guy. Everybody knows a Dominic Mysterio. So you want to punch him in the face. And since you can't do it, you want to see somebody else do it. It's the character. It's the it's what's inside, not what they do from bell to bell. It's who they are the rest of the time. So let me ask you a question then, as a, as someone who's won a championship at WWE in WWE, and you've been in the ring, you, you've you've received those crowd reactions. What kind of gets you more? Is it the 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 moonsault, or is it the subtle reaction that may change the mind of the entire viewership? And this is again to to reiterate, to reiterate everybody watches for their own purposes. I kind of alluded to this right after WrestleMania, where I thought it was a masterpiece. A lot of fans were upset. They were up in arms. My takeaway has always been the emotion. I look back and I think of my favorite moments in becoming a fan of WWE. And one of them that rings true to this very day, and it will make me tear up if I watch it back. If I log on to Peacock right now, today, and I watch the ending of the Macho Man Randy Savage Ultimate Warrior match, the career ending match at WrestleMania seven after macho man, who has been the most hated despised villain on earth gets beat and has to retire. And I was an ultimate warrior fan. I was an ultimate warrior guy, miss Elizabeth being in the crowd and seeing the tears in her eyes and having him, her come to the ring and macho man and miss Elizabeth reunite had nothing to do with wrestling. That was life, man. That was emotion. That was drama. That's what I love. And again, I I'm not, thinking i don't think less of you if you like to watch wrestling purely for the athleticism more power to you i'm okay with that i'm not saying you're wrong that's the beautiful part about this business and that's why this business has been around as long as it has and it's grown to the magnitude where we now sit as a global touring company which has been drawing record crowds all over the world there's a list on the wall at monday night raw saying don't ask for comp tickets for any of these shows because they're already sold out and we're like talking into august right now There are so many sellouts and huge, huge events happening. It's a really, really fun time. But you said around the world, and that's the key point here for me. You go Puerto Rico, you go London, Saudi Arabia in between there as well. And there's cities all around the world clamoring, trying to get WWE to come and and put on a show in their city. 
How cool is that? And and the reason I said London so many times on Monday, and and I tied it in obviously to Money in the Bank. No, I'm not home. We're not English, (laughs) all right? I'm not British. I'm from Ireland. Separate country, you Canadian. Anyway, (laughs) the point I'm making is London's a massive deal. The O2 Arena in London is a famous arena in London town. This is a big deal. WWE is taking over London. Where? Right? London town. We're going to London town. London as in England? Yes. What's happening in London? Money in the bank. Where? The O2. The sold out O2 Arena. Excuse me. The sold out (laughs) O2 O2 Arena in London. Keep going. Sorry. But the the fact that we're going to London's a big... Cardiff's Cardiff's a cool town. Don't get me wrong. Cool town. Saudi Arabia, we've been there before. Love it. Puerto Rico, great. It's unique. But this is London we're talking about. London, England's a massive deal. If you want to go anywhere outside of the US and put on the biggest show, you you don't get any bigger than London. I'm sorry. You simply don't. From an eyeball standpoint, from a fan standpoint, there are thousands coming. I got lots of tweets after I said that on Monday. Thousands going across from Ireland. There'll be people from Spain, Portugal. There'll be people coming in from Africa just to travel to London because it's accessible. And it's a major, major city. So I, I just feel like there's momentum right now that we're on as a company, which is undeniable. I agree with you. And I think the major reason for that is no matter where you live, no matter which language you speak, emotion being yeah. felt through physicality is a universal language. No matter where you are watching, if you are watching, you feel it. And it may not be you and I doing the narrating mm-hmm. because our product is broadcast in I don't even know how many languages around the globe. Physically expressing emotion and telling the story, that's the art of this business. And it is a great, healthy time to be a fan of WWE. And I'll say sports entertainment as a whole. And to to do one better, I know Zoe Stark's waiting. I apologize for keeping her, her waiting. I, I'm going to apologize in advance. And then again, when she joins the call, because there's one <laughs> last point, because we've hinted at it and we need to talk about it. The main event yes. of Monday Night Raw. Seth freaking Rollins defending his newly won WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Damian Priest. You and I talk about it all the time on this podcast. The need for star-making performances. And for my money... Where you and I sit, and I know you agree with me because we discussed it the whole drive home while you weren't trying to kill us by driving no headlights. (laughs) Damian Priest became a star Monday night. Rollins did what he had to do, and, and it makes me excited. It makes me salivate at the thought of what we're going to see from a match perspective in the future going forward out of Seth Rollins, who, to your point last week, is is operating at his operatic high note. They put on a freaking instant classic matchup and yes Rollins won but Damian Priest became a star of a different caliber in my opinion Monday night beautifully said look we thought he was outstanding obviously in Puerto Rico in in the the headline that was Bad Bunny and everything that went down there and Damian deserves all the praise in the world this is a fella who who was United States champion who had big victories on Monday Night Raw in the past which I alluded to on Monday, but there's something about his overall performance now. And and you can feel that about Damien Priest. But I, I do think it goes back to what Edge wanted from the Judgment Day all along is to elevate every single person in the Judgment Day. And collectively and individually, they've somehow managed to do that beautifully. And at the end of Monday Night Raw, we saw Finn Balor and Damien Priest. Priest, let's have, why are you here? Those were his words. Like, mm-hmm. I asked you to stay away. And then at the end, what happened? Finn Balor hops into the ring and has a stare down with Seth freaking Rollins, the world heavyweight champion. And what were your words going off the air? 
The work has only just begun. And with that, on Tuesday night at NXT, Braun Breaker mm-hmm. calls out Seth freaking Rollins. And this is what Rollins wanted all along. Rollins, the original NXT champion, he's calling out Seth freaking Rollins on NXT. Rollins wanted this to be an opportunity for everybody. Man, is he delivering so far. No doubt about it. And you mentioned Edge looking to elevate everybody in the Judgment Day. I dare say, even at his own expense, mission accomplished. But while we're talking about new stars looking to elevate their profile within WWE, we need not look any further than our guest. She has recently aligned herself with WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. She is one of the newest faces making waves on Monday Night Raw. Please welcome Zoe Stark. Zoe, welcome back to After the Bell. It's been nearly a year since you uh, graced us with your presence. And my, how times have changed. Yep, big changes, big changes and fun changes coming. So I want you to talk to us a little bit about the adjustment and the transition from NXT, where you dominated, to recently being drafted to Monday Night Raw and aligning yourself with Trish Stratus. Talk to us a little bit about just the change and the transition and the difference in lifestyle and all the things that come with making the jump from NXT as an NXT superstar to WWE. Uh, it's a it's a difficult transition to try and figure out because now you're having to do a lot more travel Sunday through Tuesday for me, at least right now. So it's a it's an interesting change having to figure out my new schedule and everything. And now, for some reason, I can't remember the days of the week. I'm having a really hard time with that. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I'm like, is it Monday? No, Monday was raw. So I have no idea what's going on. Um, but luckily, do having having Trish on my side, that she's actually been very helpful in leading the way and kind of showing me how things are done on raw. What about the draft itself? What were your reactions when you found out you were headed to the red brand? Uh, well, what you saw was a genuine reaction. Um, like, no, we didn't know. We had no idea. So being able to sit there and actually seeing my name pop up on the screen. It, that's something I've been working towards for 11 years in my whole wrestling career, 11 years. So finally being able to see that and start my raw journey was very emotional for me. Talk to me a little bit about your interaction uh, in NXT. When it comes to the, the women's side of our industry, our company particularly, there aren't a lot of, I, I hate to use the term journeyman, but women who have spent 11 years on the independence traveling around a lot of our, our female superstars have come from different backgrounds. They're athletes of different yeah. types or, or, you know, models or dancers or, or you know, fantastic athletes all in their own way. But you are someone who had identified this goal much earlier in life and really had to chase mm-hmm. that dream. How, how has your experience differed from a lot of the other women coming through NXT? Um, well, so We've talked about this kind of out of like, I don't ever fit into a box. And I felt like that was part of the journey, trying to having to figure myself out. A lot of these women that are coming in now, yeah, they're athletes, of course, but they also have the WWE look that I like to kind of call it, where they have a specific look that WWE loves to hire. I personally don't have that. So for me, I had to rely more on my in ring abilities, my promo skills, and everything else outside of that. And that's not, Taking anything away from the women, they're amazing at what they do, but their road was completely different than mine. So having to kind of remind them that they are in a very fortunate position and trying to keep them humble enough to know, yes, you're lucky, but keep working at it and busting your ass. Because there's, I know a lot of people here uh, 
for my friends who would love to be in the same position that they would be in. You mentioned you don't fit into a certain box. And this is a conversation that you and I have had in the past. I've been working down in NXT at the performance center with some of the younger talent. And you intimated that to me and Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves, our job ultimately is to sell talent. That's what we do as commentators. We sell the storylines. We explain things. We try to give backstory on what makes all of the superstars, male or female, tick and why our audience should really connect with them or pay attention to them. And you and I discussed how you struggle with finding a a label or a nice little package to put yourself in that we can wrap up with a bow and sell. Uh, Talk to, to me a little bit more about that journey and how you sort of unapologetically remain yourself. Uh, well, it's exactly what you just said. Just being myself, no matter what, even if I'm told to go one way, no, I'm going to stay in that same direction. I'm a big fan of like Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and Furious or the Laura Crofts or Sarah Connor. So I try to model myself after those women, the badass chicks who are still gorgeous, but they don't take any crap from anybody else. And they're going to get what they want. What you see is what you get, right? For me, that's what you're going to get for me. And you're going to learn that the more you see me on Raw. So was it a positive for you that you came into WWE and NXT at 27 years of age and you're entering into a locker room there in an environment with the likes of a Roxanne Perez, you know, much younger talent. Was that an advantage for you in that moment, given your experience and and kind of figuring out who you are? Uh, Yeah, I would definitely say that's an advantage for me. Like someone like like Roxanne, she's young and naive and things just kind of, she worked for what she got, but it kind of fell into her lap. You know, she didn't have to work as hard as I did to get to where I wanted to go. Roxanne, as of right now, she's great at what she does and she's earned everything that she does, but she's still learning along the way. I've learned a lot before I got to WWE, so I get to use that to my advantage. Do you feel like that helped set you apart from the other superstars in the NXT system? Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely more mature in a way. I'm an older soul, so I'm going to use that to my advantage and help as much as I can. So I, I, I spoke with Triple H one day and I brought this forward on commentary and he clearly, uh, you know, Hall of Famer in WWE, 14 time world champion, has an awful lot of yeah. time for Zoe Stark. And I asked him about you and he said, look, first in the gym in the morning, leaves, back later. They're nearly kicking her out in the evening when they got to close the gym. I mean, your work <laughs> ethic clearly ha- has shone here and made an impact on even someone like Triple H. Yeah, um, it's what I do. I'm a very hard worker. My my work ethic is where it's what's gotten me to where I am today. Again, it's not because of my looks. It's because of my work ethic. I bust my ass every single day while people are out partying. I'm training while they're sleeping in. I'm training. I'm doing everything I need to do to make sure I get to where I need to get. Where did that inspiration come from? Where did that mindset come from? Uh, so growing up, I uh, it was a little bit of a you know, humble beginnings, you know, a little rough where I grew up and stuff. So I made a decision that I'm not going to spend the rest of my life living like this. There's no way. So what's one way that I can make sure to do it is by busting my ass every single day. I truly believe hard work will get you to where you need to go. As long as you're staying focused onto that path and not letting other people distract you. Was there a moment? Was there something that really made that click in your brain where you said, I'm going to do better i'm gonna make my own life is there something that that triggered that or was it sort of a cumulative upbringing uh there was definitely a moment there that i'm not too comfortable talking about yet but yeah there was definitely a moment to where it's like okay i need to make sure i do better in life 
and it, talk to me about some of the road bumps maybe you've had along the way. I mean, I know the independent wrestler life is is not glamorous. I've done it. You're traveling. You're you're yep. you're on the road. You're not making much money. You're sacrificing everything in hopes of getting to this point that you have now you know been blessed to to, to achieve. Were there any road bumps or speed bumps along the way where you sort of went, man, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, as an independent wrestler, you're getting a lot of no's at the time and it's hard to not let that get into your head. Uh, there were other companies that I was hoping to work for and they just weren't interested at the time. But now I find that to be a big blessing in disguise because now I'm at where I'm at today because they said no, you know, there's a lot of traveling. I moved so much just trying to find the best school to learn as much as possible. I moved from... Salt Lake City, Utah, where I started to Dallas, Texas, to Las Vegas, to California, just trying to find an opportunity. And, you know, you keep hearing no and no and no. And it's, it does start to get to you a little bit. But luckily, I have people in my family who kept pushing me saying that that time will come. I love that. So you lean on people in those moments in your life. I do. You know, yeah, that's, that's very important, right? Oh, for sure. is. That's what kind of gets you through. My husband, he really pushed me to make sure I had a solid uh, head on my shoulders, making sure I push through and get everything that I've ever wanted. That's of the utmost importance, man. Someone that can push you forward while still keeping you grounded. That's, that's yeah. invaluable in this business because this business yeah. will eat you up and spit you out if you let it. Oh, for sure. There's definitely a lot more hard times than there are goods, but when the goods happen, they're amazing. So can I, with that all said, can I go back to the draft for a second? Because when you are yeah. drafted, what was the reaction of your husband? What was the reaction of your loved ones that were there for you during a lot of those tough times? It's not just about your celebration. I'm sure they were ecstatic. Oh uh, yeah. It was a big, uh, family celebration. They were all very, very happy to like my grandma messages me saying that she got very emotional. Same thing with my husband. So they know the journey that I've been on. So they are very happy and it's not just for me, they're happy for everything that they've done to help me get there. You know, I, I, I lean on them so much. Talk to me about what's going on inside your head moments before you make your Monday night raw debut. This is a lifetime dream that is about to become reality. Yes. You've been drafted and that in and of itself is exciting, but now the work begins. Now yeah. you have to go out in front of a packed arena and show the world who Zoe Stark is in a relatively short period of time. What's all going on inside when all this is happening? Uh, a lot of fear, <laughs> a lot of fear going on inside my head, just because again, everything, this is what you, this is what you've worked for. This is your one opportunity. You only get really one shot to impress right. people. So you got to put everything out there. So I was excited. Yes, but I was scared and excuse my language scared. <laughs> you know, so my heart was beating so fast. I, it it's hard to explain unless you're in that moment. But as soon as that music hits and you walk out there, time to go. Trish Stratus, you become aligned with Trish after you had a very impressive victory to kick off your raw um, tenure, by the way. But Trish Stratus is that superstar that you alluded to earlier with the looks, the WWE type. So what was Trish Stratus to a young Zoe Stark when you were watching WWE? Uh. A role model, but not just because of her looks, because she really laid the ground for us women. She was the first one to main event Raw. She's the first one that really hit me knowing that, hey, I could do that one day. She made everything happen for us women. And I think people forget that. Yeah, there's a ton of truth to what she's been saying on Monday Night Raw. I, I know, yeah. of course, it's said in such a manner that it's a bit condescending, but it's all 
based in truth, based in reality, Trish truly did change the game for women in this industry, especially at this level. Yeah. The, nobody could take that away from her. And the fact that people aren't acknowledging that it, it's sad. And that's why I'm aligned with her to make sure people know, look, Becky Lynch is awesome, but if there was no Trish, there's no Becky. It's hard to argue with that point. Talk to me a little bit more about some of the other influences you've had throughout your career, whether it be in the performance center, or even prior to, uh, who really helped shape who Zoe Stark is these days. Um, well, Sin Bodhi, he's one, he's my oh, okay. coach in Las Vegas. I, I, know, yeah. I know Sin very well. Yeah, he's one of the guys that helped shape me. Uh, Tom Howard, who is actually my husband, he was my trainer. Um, and then when I, you get you're into ma- you're married to Tom Howard, I like am the, the Tom Howard. Like you know, I know who Tom that Howard name. is. Yes. Yeah, the green. I don't know him, but <laughs> yeah. I know the name. I was not aware. Yep. It's so weird. This it's the wrestling bubble. It's the biggest small town in the world. Yeah, I was not aware of that. Okay, so yeah. sorry. Yep. sorry. <laughs> no. You're good. We usually just kind of keep it uh, a little bit of a secret, but now it's out in the world, so might as well. So, <laughs> we're putting everything out there. We're Let's putting put- everything out there now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Green Beret, Tom Howard, he uh, really trained me, and that's where I really got a lot of my aggression from. If one little thing is off, he <laughs> he uh, he goes to town with me saying how uh, it needs to be better. He's very he's brutally honest in a good way. Um, awesome. Let's see, Bloom. Coach Bloom, he's a big guy that I go to for everything. Terry Taylor, love going to Terry. Uh, Coach Robbie, Norman. Uh, like, there's a lot of coaches there. Uh, Johnny Moss. I try to go to all of these coaches because they have so much more experience, obviously. So who am I to not go to them and pick their brain? And that's a perfect mentality. I, mean, I Seeing the Performance Center nowadays versus when I started in, in a warehouse in Tampa for FCW, where we had a handful of coaches, and they were – world-class some of them are still the same coaches but now man it's i I have to be careful how i phrase this because i don't mean to say it is a factory because it has a negative connotation they're not just churning out creator wrestlers it's it's a like a a world-class academy now where you truly have the best of the the british style and norman smiley and robbie brookside if you're a big man and you need to work like a big man you've got matt bloom who's one of the big best big men the game has ever seen it's really really amazing to see how the performance center has grown and i think kevin back to our earlier conversation i think that's got a lot to do with the condition of wwe and the business as a whole because now you're not churning out an independent superstar who can do a few moves but is really still rough around the edges now you are churning out complete superstars such as zoe stark it's really amazing to see what it's grown into thank you for that i i i'm i'm a superstar and i appreciate you finally saying that Hey, Not I, you, for In general, I know you're a big oh, fan of mine. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I've had your back for a while, Zoe. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, but man, when you consider the draft, though, and you consider who's made the biggest impact so far. It's me. It's not even close. It's yeah, not even it's close. Me. I mean, you're, 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 you're on a, a planet of your I'm own right now in terms of that impact. Yeah. Corey, go ahead. I was just going to say and that's sort of an understatement in that your first real program in front of the WWE universe on a wide scale is beside a WWE hall of famer and across the ring from one of the biggest superstars the industry has seen in the last decade, Becky Lynch. Yep. Yep. A future legend for sure. So it's, it's insane. I still wake up every morning, just surreal, surreal where I'm able to just text Trish with an idea or something and being able to work alongside both of these girls is absolutely amazing. I'm enjoying every second of it. What's something you've learned in, in your short tenure uh, that's maybe perhaps different or something you haven't experienced necessarily in the past in, in your time on raw with, with those two women. 
it's more about the story right now. It's like, that's what I'm really figuring Ta-da! out. It's not just the wrestling, <laughs> it's the story. You've just it's made like Corey you were listening say. to us before we before you joined the call. <laughs> Kevin and I spent about 30 minutes chatting about this just before you joined us. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it right on the head. <laughs> yes. We need to just get a clip of Gravy's reaction. It's right. all about the story. <laughs> Man, I'm tired of being right. <laughs> it must be so hard, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it's really interesting, though. So talk to us a little bit about your experience going to Saudi Arabia, where, you know, it was only a few years ago, the first women's match ever took place in Saudi Arabia with uh, Natalia and Lacey Evans taking part. And now that is now just another avenue for WWE to be who we yeah. are, to do what we do. And I saw you on the flight over. You were on our charter flight. But I'm thinking, yep. well, she's not booked. Maybe she's just doing an appearance. It was a very, very well kept secret. So when you emerged, oh, you from didn't under the even ring, know. I, I had really... no idea. Oh, okay. No, yeah. no, my reaction was genuine. <laughs> I didn't know you were coming to, to save the day. Uh, so I was, I was stoked. I was excited for you. And I, and of course, I'm thinking big picture. Like, wow, Zoe and Trish together is a massive opportunity. Um, yeah. What was it like for those few days over there, being to being able to experience uh, WWE in Saudi Arabia? Uh, insane. I did, uh, stay most of the time in the hotel cause I was told to just stay low key. So I wasn't really able to go out and check things out, but it was still really cool to go. That was my first time actually ever leaving the country. So being able to go to Saudi, that was pretty insane. It was all a very interesting experience going under the ring, hiding there for about 15 minutes waiting <laughs> till, uh, Trish went under the ring to tell me, all right, kid, here you go. So what's going, what's going through your mind when you're under the ring? Um, uh, just like, this is my time. This is my moment. I got to make sure I, I nail it on the head and show everyone wh- what I'm about. That's a great attitude to have. How's the, the fan reaction been, uh, in your short tenure uh, on Monday night, Raw? Because obviously it's just a much bigger audience and people it is. often, I'm sure many people saw Zoe Stark for the very first time, even if they didn't see on the draft, uh, at night of champions. I mean, the, the, the eyes of the world were watching. How's the reaction yeah. been? Uh, great so far. You know, I got a nice little pop in Saudi, which was very surprising, was not expecting that. And then, uh, being able to go out there with Trish and hearing how the crowd reacts to Trish, I like, that's, it's all very fun. And I really hope that I get to that point at some, someday, but everything, the fans have been amazing. Well, you may not have to wait much longer because you just qualified for the women's money in the bank ladder match, which again yep. is going down in London. Uh, in case you weren't sure, Kevin Patrick will tell you at least 11 times per segment that it's London, going down. Where is it, Kev? London. Where, where's where Money in the at? Bank this year? London. The sold-out <laughs> O2 Arena in London, England. <laughs> but but this, is a, this is a game-changing, career-changing, life-altering opportunity. Even if you do not succeed in capturing the briefcase, this is a matchup that has the eyes of the WWE Universe each and every year. The men yeah. and the women both realize the magnitude of just the match itself, which is without fail, one of the most exciting events all year. What does it mean to you to be a part of this? It's huge. I'm incredibly excited to get out there and do this. I was not expecting for all of this to happen so fast, but I'm ready to do this. I'm going to win that money in the bank. And, you know, I have Trish there to help me out. What's your message to Becky Lynch right now who said, quote, I'm going to ruin her life? She hasn't done anything to ruin my life. So I think that's just a statement that she thought she could scare me with. I'm not worried about her in the slightest. We got her twice. She has yet to get us once. 
How's that for you, KP? Becky's also qualified. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, twice her size. No, 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 Kevin. No, come on, please. You'd started it on Monday night. Now Zoe's here, and you're you're no longer ringing the bell of the great Irish people and talking <laughs> no. about how Becky Lynch is the greatest thing since potatoes. Oh, this stop is- it. Do you hear yourself? I'm you just hear yourself. I, I heard you. I sat next to you on Monday, and I'm the one. I'm waving the flag of the Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus, and Zoe Stark, collectively. One flag, one flag bearer, this guy. Oh, my God. I, I have smart. been waxing lyrical Corey, about Zoe smart. Stark, too. Zoe Stark, whether it be on main event, all your performances, NXT, but coming on to Raw the way you have. W- listen, Zoe, honestly, we've talked privately about the impact you've made and, and how you've taken, we talked about it earlier on the show, those few minutes and made the absolute most of them, you know? And it's just been a credit Ooh. to you to, to come in and to you, for you to admit to us here on the show that you had that level of fear. You come in in your first match, amazing. Then you head into the ring with Trish Stratus on the microphone. And I'd imagine that's just a different like level of fear, right? When you're all of a sudden alongside someone as terrified. confident and as charismatic <laughs> as Trish on a microphone. Yeah, terrified. <laughs> that, that was a hard one, uh, just because... Like I'm decent at promos. I'm not the best. I don't know. I work on them. My uh, my skills are mainly in the ring, but Trish is t- helping me out with making sure that I do it in a promo as well. So it was hard, but she was helping me out the entire time. Explain to us, if you could, a little more of, I know it's only been a short period of time, but what have you learned from Trish Stratus? Whether it be on screen, off screen, behind the scenes, what has Trish imparted on you in your short time together? Uh, really how to show the confidence and not letting anyone, uh, get in your way. Uh, I mean, she's been really after every match or after every promo, she's sitting there, she's helping me. She's critiquing me, telling me when to slow down and every little aspect. She's really been a big mentor so far. Would it be fair to say, thank you, Trish? Thank you, Trish. That's very fair to say. <laughs> Kevin, you want to give it a shot? Let's hear it, Kevin. Kev? Go ahead. You know what, Trish? You lied to us. On Monday Night Raw, not so long ago, you said, Trish, I'm not your childhood fantasy. (laughs) Yes, you were. Thank you, Trish. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I've got more. I've got more. I've got more. Oh, there's more. But but wait, there's more. Rocking the cowboy hat on returning to Monday Night Raw, right? I'm a big Yellowstone fan. We've seen everybody copy Trish. Brock Lesnar, Bad Bunny. The cowboy hat's back, Gravy. Rock it next Monday. Thank you, Trish. I don't even know how to feel about that. I, I, I was simultaneously little... offended and insulted and creeped out. Yeah. I, don't... <laughs> I gotta agree with you, Corey. I'm a little speechless on that one. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to give this, if I may, if I may have the floor for a moment on my own podcast, KP. Thank you, Trish, for all of your contributions to the WWE universe for paving the way for future superstars such as Zoe Stark, who will no doubt follow and carry your legacy. But aside from that, thank you for Albert. Not the prince, the world's most dangerous (laughs) piercing enthusiast. I'm talking one half of T&A, Albert who would evolve into the hip-hop hippo and eventually evolve even further into the man who was referenced earlier, NXT head coach Matt Bloom. In all seriousness, I'm grateful for Matt Bloom and all he's added to my career as well as Zoe Stark. But thank you, Trish, for giving us Matt Bloom. 
How's that, KP? That's how you give thanks. That was good. That was Thank good. You, but I got one Thank too. You. Okay. Thank you, Trish, for getting my life and my career. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel bad about yourself, KP? Because yeah, you should. Follow that. Follow that. Yeah. yeah, follow that one. And just remember, Kev, while you and I are sitting at the desk flapping our gums, Zoe's only like a few feet away. And I know yeah. you know what she's capable of in the ring. I know. I know. And I feel like there's a sidekick with your name on it sort of floating around in the in the sphere. So I'm not Man. suggesting that Zoe take you out. I'm just saying if she wanted to, she could. I have yet to be seen. I, I definitely could. But, you know, Monday I'll be nice and close to you. And let's see. Uh, let's see you talk about Becky Lynch at that point. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait, Kevin. I can't wait for you to be droning on and on and on about how much you love Becky and everything about her and how you secretly think about her 24 hours a day. Again, I texted Seth. I'm still waiting for a response. He's not going to be happy. Anyway, <laughs> dude, you've got three kids. You've got a beautiful baby boy on the way with your gorgeous wife. Yet nothing would make you happier than to see me get a beaten ringside. That's right. That's absolutely <laughs> right. That would make me pretty happy. There we go. Oh, see, I'm not alone, Kevin. You make me out to be this bad guy. I think I'm a fair representative of the people. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> Zoe, before we let you go, what, what can we expect? What can we look forward to out of Zoe's start going forward in WWE? Future Miss Money in the Bank, world champion for the women. No hesitation there, KP. No That's hesitation. Confidence. Yeah. That's I don't conviction. have a doubt in my mind. I love I it. Love Any it. last words for the ATB faithful, Zoe? Uh, just thank you, Trish. See, she gets it, Kevin. <laughs> man, take notes. <laughs> well, oh, Zoe, God. good luck in Money in the Bank. I'm enjoying watching what you're what you're doing alongside Trish. I have no doubt you will be a star for years to come here in WWE. I'm looking forward to watching you rise. Thank you so much, Corey. Kevin, you got anything nice to say? You're a legend. Keep rising, <laughs> honestly. Keep crushing it. I'm behind you, whether you believe me or not. And uh, you're killing it so far. Fair play to you. Zoe, where can the WWE Universe find you on social media? Uh, Instagram and Twitter at Zoe Stark WWE. Love it. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan and let him know that he should be more thankful, more grateful for WWE Hall of Famers such as Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark. Thank you. Okay, Kev, I'm sorry for blowing up your Twitter mentions. I apologize. That was probably that was probably the meanest thing I've done was doing that. <laughs> Nowhere close to the meanest thing you've done. <laughs> Make sure you're listening for free wherever you get your podcast. Just search after the bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And do not forget, full episodes of ATB are available on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. I'm good, mate. How's your London accent these days, eh? I sounded Australian there. That was horrible.